Ever since New York overhauled its pretrial detention policies in 2019, state policymakers have continued to tweak the system, including making changes in 2022 designed to quell concerns about repeat shoplifting offenders. To discuss what effect last year's statutory reforms had on these concerns, we're joined by Times Union Capital reporter Josh Solomon, who's analyzed recent released state data dealing with pretrial detention. Welcome back to the show, Josh. Always happy to be back. So can you take us back to 2022 and explain the connection policymakers made between the use of pretrial detention and a proliferation of shoplifting? When the issue came back up last year on whether or not to make changes to the state's bail laws, lawmakers and particularly the governor was talking about this revolving door of recidivism, particularly in New York City on shoplifting and the the picture that was painted by politicians, including Mayor Eric Adams in New York City, was those who are going out and shoplifting small amounts under $1,000 and not shoplifting because they need toothpaste or they need uh, some type of personal item, but shoplifting, you know, clearing a section of the, the shelves. They would come out, they'd take that, they would get arrested potentially. And then, regardless of conviction or not, they would be rearrested, and they would be rearrested, and they would be rearrested. It would happen over and over again. And there was this concern of how does the city grapple with this? And the lawmakers said, this is potentially a byproduct of our reforms to the criminal justice system that previously they would be held maybe in Rikers Island while awaiting a conviction and while awaiting their trial. And now they kind of cycled through. And was there reason to believe that this description of events was emblematic of what was really happening in large cities like New York City? It gets to the core of the debate around bail of, well, this is happening in big cities all over the country since the COVID pandemic, since the opiate crisis has gotten more severe. This is happening everywhere that shoplifting is is more acute than than in recent years but incidences of it are increasing and like any debate around the bail issue it's a question of did this happen because of what the world was going through in 2020 or is this a byproduct of the state's bail law changes and like anything it's probably a little of both and and the data show that a good percentage of folks who are arrested on a shoplifting offense they tend to get rearrested with something else that, that tends to happen. Well, yeah, let's talk about the policy response from state lawmakers and Governor Kathy Hochul in 2022. What is it exactly that they wrote into law? There were several what they would describe as tweaks, what advocates would describe as massive rollbacks to the state's bail laws. And one of them was specifically around this question of the quote-unquote revolving door around shoplifting. And what they said was if you were arrested twice, if you're arrested, they, they created this provision called harm to harm. And what it says, or they, they elaborated on this provision called harm to harm to make it clear, to try to send a signal to judges that if an individual is arrested on a property theft type crime and they are rearrested or they're arrested again, while that initial case is pending, a judge can set bail on that individual. 
when a judge sets bail on, especially on these types of cases, 90% of the time, most of the time, the person does not make bail. They, they're not able to post it and they're held in jail. So question was, what can we do to slow down a quote unquote revolving door? Let's make these offenses now eligible for a, for a judge to consider holding that person pre-trial. We know that if they set bail, they will most likely be held in jail pre-trial. Maybe this can both lower the amount of times that's happening and also create a deterrence among folks who are doing it that, hey, if you do this, you will be held in jail. This is what the administration uh, was vocalizing and my understanding from my conversations with them. And in the data that you've analyzed covering July through December of 2022, what seems to be the rate of bail that's being utilized in these so-called repeat offender shoplifting cases? Basically, nothing changed. That's that's your uh, Spark Notes version for your listeners. The data doesn't reflect a substantial change in bail setting rates by judges pre and post these uh, this harm to harm in terms of property offenses. And what you see is from 11% to 14% in New York City in the first half of 2022 to the second half of 2022 in which judges are setting bail on defendants who have some type of open crime and then arrested on a shoplifting offense. So it, it, it ends up being that there are small changes upstate it's even less noticeable. So it's fairly the same. And does it seem like the law change was not very meaningful or that judges just aren't utilizing the additional powers that they've been granted as it's been billed by state lawmakers and Governor Hochul in making these changes? What the governor would tell you and what she told politicians and the public this past year during this budget season was judges said, well, we thank you for giving us these new tools, but we can't actually use them. Uh, we still have this constraint by what they referred to as in the law, the least restrictive means to ensure a defendant's return to court. And so there's this additional provision that says if the case is bail eligible, a judge still needs to consider the least restrictive means to ensure that person comes back for their next court date when making a decision at arraignment. And that provision, the governor argued that judges were saying, that's why we can't use this tool effectively as you're intending it to do, to set bail more often. And the, the question will be, did the 2023 changes by removing, in certain instances, the least restrictive means standard, will that lead to broad, greater use of bail, of setting bail? And that only went into effect really this month or so. So we're just going to start to hear anecdotally what happened, but we're not going to know in terms of the data till this time next year. As someone who's been living and breathing these issues for a couple of years now, What's your sense of the data that we're going to see as a result of these 2023 changes and the idea of changing how we think about least restrictive? Do you think that would have the impact on repeat shop lifting offenders that the 2022 law changes were designed to have? 
It, it could. I mean, this is the change that could or should have the effect that the that the governor wants it to have. And but what we've seen from each change each year is very modest differences. This has always been the argument that the least restrictive means part is not is the reason why the changes aren't more substantive. Maybe the changes won't happen this time around in terms of broad sweeping changes on how many people are have bail set on them. The argument then could be, well, there are issues with discovery and, and what DAs wanted last year, last minute in the budget didn't get through. And because of those changes with discovery didn't happen, that's why there isn't significant changes on the data. I, we'll have to wait and see. I, it, it's tough to know what will change, but I'm sure we will hear anecdotally how judges are making decisions and we'll hear that whether it be from the DAs who are satisfied or upset with it or from the public defenders who are satisfied or upset with with a difference in what's typical in a courtroom on on a shoplifting offense. Well, here in the capital region, uh, two state lawmakers, a Republican state senator, Jake Ashby, and Democratic assembly member, Angelo Santa Barbara, uh, say they're introducing legislation uh, designed to uh, address the proliferation of shoplifting. What is it that they're proposing? They're saying that if you're charged with multiple uh, shoplifting offenses, pet larceny, then that could be upgraded to a more severe charge, which would potentially be a felony offense. And their argument is that could dissuade or stop some of the shoplifting. It may miss the mark a bit in the sense that the whole point of this harm to harm change in the 2022 budget, and then coupled with 2023's changes is that if you are charged with multiple shoplifting offenses, you can, and perhaps the lawmakers would say you should be held in in uh, jail pretrial because there's a unlikely effect that you will be you will be coming back and coming back with no additional offenses. So, if the goal is to prevent people from having repeat offenses, that's what this 2022 change was intended to do. That's what the 2023 change was also intended to do. If the idea is if we make this a felony charge, it will create a level of deterrence. It'll tell people, tell the general public who are potentially involved in these offenses, hey, this isn't just a misdemeanor anymore. This could be a felony. Uh, As we know, felony offenses can stay with you a little longer in your life and can affect potential career moves. So maybe that will create a deterrence. But I think the other piece that to remember to to add to this conversation is as New York Magazine has reported, a lot of these folks who are who, especially in New York City, where the proliferation by far of these offenses are, as opposed to upstate, a lot of them are struggling with addiction issues and are sometimes a part of a broader shoplifting ring where the 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 kingpin, as it's been painted, is is not dealing with the addiction issues, but has people who are struggling with addiction being their runners and they're not necessarily thinking logically. They may not be thinking this could be a felony offense. They're thinking this could be an exchange for a payment so that I can then 
get my next fix because I am struggling with an addiction to fentanyl or heroin or whatever it may be. There's a there's a deeper concern about how this issue is interplaying with the addiction issues that we're having in the state. And, and that brings it to a broader question. I would plug reporting I've done in the past, which is on the lack of use of mental health court, the lack of use of of supervised release to bring people into addiction service based issues, which uh, can help that person deal with an underlying problem, which was the initial intent of some of the of these bail reformers, which was we're going to address the underlying issues instead of trying to incarcerate our way out of criminal justice issues. Well, we've been speaking with Josh Solomon. He's a Capitol reporter for the Times Union. Josh, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.